One in five Australians are diagnosed with a degenerative disease, MS, every day. It's a dreadful disease. One of the most crucial methods of fighting its early diagnosis. And with us in the studio today, we have Peter Stinton. Peter's 32 and she's a healthy testament to why early diagnosis is so important. Hi, Peter. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm excellent. And we have Marcus Stafford, who's the CEO of uh, MSNWA, with us as well. Hi, Marcus. Hi, Gillian. Good to see you. Now, Peter... You were diagnosed how long ago? Uh, four years ago, May 2006. And this is, uh, as you've just told me, the, f- the first time you've actually said publicly that you have been diagnosed with MS, which is a pretty big thing. Yeah, well, Gillian, I, of course I've told close friends, very close friends, and all my family know, but because I have been well since 2006 and I haven't had any um additional attacks as such, um, there has really been no need to tell anybody and they they can't tell by looking at me. So I've just kind of been plodding on and, and not really telling a lot of people. So why did you decide to, to say that today, to speak out today? Uh, well, when I was initially diagnosed, I didn't know a lot about um, MS at all. In fact, I was terrified and thought, right, sign me up for a wheelchair now. And it was really, really quite scary and and terrifying. But what I have learnt is uh, MS does not necessarily mean or result into, um, you know, losing functions and, and, um, it, you know, I still enjoy a really healthy and active life. And I sort of wanted to put that message out there that, that if you are diagnosed early as I was, um, and able to get onto medication early, you're actually, uh, able to live a fairly, uh, a, a good, healthy, constant life. And, uh, it, it doesn't affect you, uh, the way that unfortunately some, some unfortunately are affected, uh, at a more extreme cases, but a lot of us out there have uh, really good, healthy, and and uh, fortunate lives. Now, and take want- us back to that um, that time when you were diagnosed about four years ago. What what um, alerted you to the fact that something was wrong? Uh, I actually went through. Um, a lot of stress. Uh, I was going through a, a marriage separation that uh, that went for the separation itself was going for ten ten months and then resulted into a divorce, and so that was bringing on a lot of stress. And uh, one of the things, uh, the symptoms of of uh, having MS is uh, when you have a lot of stress in your life, it can result into attacks. And I actually got what was what's called a optic neuritis which means uh, the nerve in the back of my eye uh, had been affected and I couldn't quite see out of my right eye and uh, that's, that, that was the first sign. That must have been sign. terrifying. Yeah, it was. It was because I didn't know what was happening and I kept going. I went to the chemist and getting drops and eye drops and uh, went to the doctors and the doctors didn't know and and uh, they uh, referred me to the specialists and and uh, next thing they, they tell me, you've got this optic neuritis, which can sometimes be the first symptom of multiple sclerosis. So we've got to do the right thing and, and get you checked out that way through an MRI process. And uh, un- at the time, unfortunately, the MRI came up with uh, what what we call as lesions in, in your brain, in my brain, and uh, which was a fairly good indication of MS. 
And what did you know about it at the at, at the time? How did you how, did you what did you think it meant? Oh, wheelchair, <laughs> um, uh, limited uh, ability to do anything. I, I've only I'd only seen uh, people with multiple sclerosis to be in a wheelchair, and that was that for me. That was what it meant. And you, it's four years ago, you, you just, as you said before, nobody looking at you would have any idea. You look fantastic. And what what's that uh, treatment sort of process been like for you? Yeah, it's yeah, pretty much straight away I got onto uh, some injections. So I, I take an injection once a week. Uh, it's it's uh, helping me to – what it does is it limits uh, lesions. Um, so – once a year, I go see my doctor, and we have an MRI, and that's limited the lesions incredibly. Um, he's given me good results every time I visit him. He says, "Yep, you're doing fantastic. I, c- I can't wait to see you next year. I, I, I have really good hope for you." Um, so that's really quite inspirational. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, um, it was actually a blessing in disguise to um, be diagnosed so early. And to be on that medication so early, uh, unfortunately, that's not always the case for others. They can they can go on with their life and not really be diagnosed until it's too late. And some people like to put stuff off, don't they? They don't want to go and phrase mm. up to the doctor, particularly if they think it might be something that it's might serious. be difficult to deal with. But I mean, you are a testament to what you know it can it can mean to your health to just front up and deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I recommend to everyone out there if if you know they they feel think something's not right to go out there and 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 get it checked because um, for me it was just such a blessing to be diagnosed so early. I'm talking to Peter Stinton, who is 32 and was diagnosed with MS a few years ago. And with us also in the studio is Marcus Stafford. Marcus is the CEO of MSWA. Hello, lovely Hi, to have you with us. Look, tell us what this, what it is. Well, first of all, I think I want to say how brave Peter is. Isn't she? Fantastic. It's <laughs> great. It's a big thing to actually yeah. tell the world that you have MS. And uh, MS is a, a, very neuro- a very common neurological condition affecting young Western Australians. And you're absolutely right, Gillian, when you say that getting on, having the bravery to get on the medication early helps to manage the long-term progression of your condition. And we don't want people's MS to progress as severely and savagely as it has done in the past. And that's much of the work that we're doing in the MS Society. And do we know what it what it's caused by? Is it a hereditary thing? Is it? We don't. Uh, we know that it's doubtless a, a combination of factors. It's not going to be one simple solution. What we do know is that we now have a very good handle on the right questions to ask, and it's probably going to be something around some hereditary factors, some genetic factors, something perhaps around the environment. Um, vitamin D is being found more and more to to play a part that people, the further you're born from the equator, the greater your likelihood of contracting MS. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because we have so much, uh, I mean, mostly the message we get about the sun is that it's really bad for us, but vitamin D is is such a crucial part of our health. You don't, you don't know what that connection is? Well, I don't want to frighten everyone here because 
like everybody else, our kids were brought up to put on hats and T-shirts, and I'm not in any way saying to do something irresponsible. But certainly we are fearful within the MS world that because of that very vigilant approach that we've taken towards warding off the sun, there may be a, a batch of people who are pending diagnosis with MS because they didn't get the right amounts of vitamin D intake through their childhood. Wow, that's that's and is there a lot of research going into that? Do we know anything about the numbers of people, say, in Australia that that get MS? And I guess we'd be quite good good uh, objects for study, given that we're kept out of the sun. Well, we do. We're doing a lot of work on that. In fact, much of the work throughout the world is being focused on Australia because we're such a large continent and we have such a, a, a large, a, a great difference in our climate. So as an example, Tasmania has six or seven times the number of people with MS that North Queensland does. So there are so many factors around MS which are leading us down a path towards the cure. And it's around that plus a whole range of other things. And that's where the societies throughout Australia and indeed globally are getting together to try and knock this thing over. Now, you talked about a few questions that people should ask. Take us through those. Questions around, sorry, Gillian? You were talking about uh, when you when you're, uh, I, I assumed you meant if you're, if you have concerns, if you think you're vulnerable to it, what questions you, you indeed, need to ask. Indeed. Well, the early signs of MS, and yeah. again, not to frighten everybody because we've all had some of these symptoms, but the early signs of MS are, as Peter said, um, initially for many people, there's some, some blurring of eyesight. Uh, often through optic neuritis. There's some tingling in the fingers or some numbness in the joints, just those little things that make a person think, this isn't quite right. And the best thing to do is simply to go and see your GP and get a, a referral to a neurologist and then in a very short period of time, hopefully your fears will be allayed or otherwise we can get you onto the right medications early and uh, make sure that your condition is controlled and managed. And how well does medication control and, and manage that condition? I mean, we can see Peter here who just looks fantastic. Mm. Is, is that the same outcome for most people? Nowadays, it's a terrific outcomes with the medications that are available. As little as 20 years ago, you didn't want to be diagnosed with MS because the progression of the disease was very fast and very savage. Today, through the medications, the, the number of attacks and the severity of those attacks are reduced by about 70%. That's, that's enormous. It's very good, but, and I have to be careful how I say this, but it is a progressive condition without a cure. And the reality even today for most people with MS is that their condition will deteriorate. It's just we don't know if that deterioration is going to be over a 40-year journey or a four-year journey. And I guess um, as with with most diseases, it's and looking for a cure, it's about research and it's about money. So fundraising is a big thing and I want to ask Peter again back about this because you're in training for a big fundraising effort. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, yeah, we're, uh, I'm about to participate in what's called Step Up for MS and it's the third year I've participated in it um, and it involves climbing up Central Park on a cold Sunday morning uh, or 1,096 steps and uh, yeah, it I'm trying to fundraise, gain as many much sponsorship as I possibly can. Um, I'm also trying to beat my time from last year. How did you go last year? Uh, well, last year I think I 
I, I did it in 16, 16 minutes and 23 seconds. The previous year I had done it in 19 minutes. So this year... I don't year, even think I could make it up if I had a few <laughs> hours. That early Take the lift. <laughs> it's, it's tough going. It's, it's very tough going, especially uh, yeah on a Sunday morning. But uh, yeah, getting out of bed early. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, and it is, it's actually quite rewarding to be able to make it up there and get to the top and look up, look at the view. It's, it's an awesome feeling. Well, that's wonderful and I wish you luck with, with that and with everything else. Thank you so much for coming into the studio and talking about that today. I think it's just a fantastically brave thing you've done and it's just it's great to educate people, I think, so it's a good thing to do. Thanks, Gillian. Thanks for your time. And thank you, Peter. Thank you, Marcus. Pleasure. Thank you, Gillian.